Safe and secure. Years ago, when I first became acquainted with attachment theory, these two words caught my attention. Attachment theorists use these words often to describe the qualities of healthy attachment relationships. When they say safe, they refer to how a young child feels in the presence of parents or caregivers. Children who feel safe trust that their parents will meet their needs, that they will comfort them when they need comfort, feed them when they need food, and teach them when they need to learn. Safety. It's a top priority in most organizations. When you board a plane, they remind you that their first concern is safety. It's essential for humans to feel safe. When attachment theorists use the word secure, they usually follow it with the word base. A secure base, they say. They explain that in healthy parent-child relationships, parents create a space for children to explore, try new things, experiment, and grow. Home is like a launch pad. Children feel secure enough to reach higher, experiment, and take risks, rather than letting fear squelch their desire to achieve. To show how important safety and security are to us as humans, consider what happens in their absence. The child who suffers abuse or neglect feels no safety, no security. Fear takes over. And when children are fearful of those who are supposed to care for them, they suffer psychologically, physically, and spiritually. Cases of child abuse often make the news, but child neglect is surprisingly more common and more damaging than abuse. I realize that that may be hard to believe because we focus so much on the evils of abuse, but neglect is even more far-reaching. Listen to the following conclusion from a recent research article that I read. The researcher says, I associate chronic neglect with a wider range of damage than active abuse, but it receives less attention in policy and practice. In the U.S., neglect accounts for 78% of all child maltreatment cases, far more than physical abuse, 17%, sexual abuse, 9%, and psychological abuse, 8% combined. When I was serving as a stake president of a young married stake, a Relief Society president called me one day, and I could sense the concern in her voice. It was very real. President, she said, my neighbor asked if she could come over and see me this morning, and of course I said yes. After she came into my apartment, I asked her where her little boy was. He's only 18 months old, and he's just beginning to walk. She said, oh, I just left him back in my apartment. I tried to conceal my shock and said, he's too young to be left alone. Let's go to your apartment. We can visit there. When we entered her apartment, we saw her child going through the garbage in the kitchen and picking things out to eat. I'm just not sure what to do, President. What should we do? I told her I would call the church's abuse hotline and get back to her. This was a case of neglect, and I learned from my call that we should notify Child Protective Services and let them handle the situation. We did that, and they provided parent training for both the mother and the father of this child. Studies on children show that severe deprivation or neglect have the following results. So listen to these. It increases the risk of attentional, emotional, cognitive, and behavioral disorders. 
It leads to greater risk for anxiety, depression, cardiovascular problems, and other chronic health impairments later in life. It correlates with significant risk for emotional and interpersonal difficulties. It increases the risk of learning difficulties and poor school achievement. All of these are results of severe neglect. So these are the consequences for children who are not reared in safe and secure homes. The results are obvious. When a child cannot trust a parent, their ability to trust anyone else lessens. When they do not have a loving relationship with those who are closest to them, they have difficulty forming relationships with others. The consequences of neglect and abuse are pernicious. In a talk entitled Save the Children, President Hinckley rehearsed how widespread child neglect and abuse are in the world. And then he said, quote, Surely, after all the history we have read, after all the suffering of which we have been told, after all the exploitation of which we are aware, we can do more than we are now doing to lift the blight that condemns millions of children to lives that know little of happiness, that are tragically brief, and that are filled with pain. And we need not travel halfway across the earth to find weeping children, Countless numbers of them cry out in fear and loneliness from the evil consequences of moral transgression, neglect, and abuse. I speak plainly, perhaps indelicately, but I know of no other way to make clear a matter about which I feel so strongly. This is a prophet of God telling us just how serious and how needful it is to help rid the world of abuse and neglect. If you've been listening to my podcast for long, you know I donate all book royalties from Filled with His Love to my niece's shelter in the Philippines for abused and trafficked children. When I made that decision, I assumed that my contribution would be strictly financial, but then I heard that one girl read the book and that it helped her develop more positive relationships with the other girls. My niece asked if I could send more copies so all of the girls in the shelter could read it. I asked the publisher, Cedar Ford, if they might send the copies. My niece just informed me yesterday that the copies of the book arrived and that they are all eager to read it. This was one of those happy surprises for me. Because while I was writing the book, I assumed that my audience would be strictly adults. I did not expect that young people, especially those abused or trafficked, would be interested in the book. The proclamation on the family clarifies that children are an heritage of the Lord, and that they deserve to be reared by parents who care for them. If we look at all the ills in society, following that one plea, the plea to raise our children in safe, secure homes with loving parents, might solve more problems than any other single action. There are many parents who would like to provide more safety and security for their children, but poverty has made it nearly impossible for them to do so. That is one reason the problem of neglect and abuse are such seemingly intractable problems. Our country is reeling from the most recent school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. The horror of these shootings is unbearable. Those who study school shooters emphasize that there is no single profile that represents all the perpetrators. But one characteristic seems to weave through them all, feelings of rejection. They have often experienced bullying or other forms of social rejection. In some ways, their peers have neglected 
and abuse them. They often feel left out, shunned, forgotten. And what are the kids like who do the bullying? Well, studies have shown that the bullies have psychological emotional problems as well as the kids they bully. The bully and the bullier neither feel safe and secure. Neither feels accepted, cared for, and loved. As neglect, abuse, and violence continue to increase in our society, we learn that love deprivation can have devastating consequences. And these consequences multiply and fan out in all directions. I can aim destructive behavior inward at myself or outward toward others. But destruction in some form is sadly the result. Humans need love as much as they need food and water. The unloved cannot survive, and they often threaten the survival of others. We cannot solve this matter with anger management classes or parent training or anti-bullying campaigns, even though such efforts are helpful. It's a matter of nurturing the soul, everyone's soul, every day. And that requires everyone's efforts. Blaming parents or school bullies or law enforcement or the gun lobby will not lead to an increase in love. And it is an increase in love that is so needed. In the final bloody battles between the Lamanites and Nephites, when total destruction loomed over the land, Mormon's message was simple. He knew why his people had fallen. He did not blame outward forces, military weakness, or lack of will. These are his words to his son Moroni. Quote, For so exceedingly do they anger that it seemeth me that they have no fear of death. And this is the important part. And they have lost their love one towards another. And they thirst after blood and revenge continually. It's actually that plain. Loss of love leads to destruction, one's own spiritual death, and eventually to the death of others. Those who are filled with God's love have no desire to hurt others or to hurt themselves. That is why Mormon, in his last sermon, pled with the people to pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart that you might be filled with his love. That should be our prayer now. It should be our prayer tomorrow and every day in the future. Thanks for listening. And I've put in the show notes, if you would like a copy, a free ebook of one of my latest books, just send me an email. My email address is in the show notes. Thanks.